Hello, drama bugs, and welcome back to Caught in the Web Drama. I'm your host, Valerie Wong, bringing you commentary on super short drama series. We are on episode two of Who Kissed Me, and today we will be talking about hangover cures and gender representation in Korean media. Let's go through a quick recap before we dive in. Last week, we met Yoon Sol, drunk, hopeless romantic, who wakes up not knowing who she gave her first kiss to. All she has to go for are four clues. Glasses, a mole on the wrist, Jo Malone fragrance, and the bandage around her hand. Her first suspect is cute social club member Han Yeonwoo. Episode 2 opens with Seoul still sitting on her living room floor with a splitting headache, now trying to contact someone on her phone, kind of in the same fashion as I had um, with my brother, as I mentioned in last week's episode. However, whoever she's trying to get hold of is not picking up the phone. Now, the subtitles in this scene are slightly misleading because the English translation uses the pronoun she. So if you're reading the English subtitles, you're kind of forced into thinking she's calling Do Hyun. But in context, she doesn't actually specify who she's trying to contact. It's only until you see the contact name on her phone in the next frame. Um, and if you don't read Hangul or understand much Korean, the contact listed is actually written with the Korean syllable Pan and an emoji of the sun. Now, the syllable he in Ban Heong's name literally translates to sun. So, in fact, she was trying to call Heong instead of Dohyun. I think some Korean names are really cute in that way. So, names like Moonpyeol can be um, listed with a moon and a star, Hansongi with a flower, Pakhanel with the sky. The next scene was rather short. We finally see Sol in a school setting where she encounters Yonu as he enters the lecture room. So at least we get the idea that they at least share one class together. Now she attempts to indirectly get his version of the night, but before he can even say anything, she covers his mouth with her hand. Um, and that was enough to confuse the guy. I mean, I was confused. Like, does she or does she not wish that it were Yonu who kissed her? Um, I suppose until Yonu confirms whether or not they kissed, then he can be both the kisser and not the kisser. So that's like Schrodinger's kiss. <laughs> uh, lame science joke. Don't mind me. Um, or perhaps maybe Sol hasn't quite decided whether or not she likes him or not. In the next cut, we see Sol and Doyeon nursing their hangovers with coffee, to which Sol comments that they need breakfast and not coffee. Hangover cures, let's talk about that. First of all, I have to agree with Sol that coffee is not the best way to cure a hangover. Frankly, it may very well be one of the worst. I mean, you don't need to be any more aware that you have a hangover than you already are. On the other hand, breakfast is definitely the way to go. Personally, I like to nurse a hangover with a classic Hong Kong style breakfast. 
um, of satay beef in instant noodles with a side of garlic toast and scrambled eggs. Yes, I know instant noodles not exactly the most healthiest thing to have for breakfast, but it's what I like. It's what works for me. Um, also, you've got to rehydrate people, so drink lots and lots of water. Funny enough, last week, a can of Sprite was more satisfying for me than water. Perhaps it's the sugar content or the fizziness that helped. I'm not sure. Meanwhile, my husband's a go-to a soup. It could be noodle soup, creamy chicken soup, any kind of soup will do as long as it's soup. And since we are watching a Korean web drama, fun fact, one hangover cure in Korea is a hot and spicy soup called Hejangguk, which translates to, get this, hangover soup. So, one more thing to try on a trip to Korea. Get a hangover. <laughs> no kidding. On a slightly different note, rather than needing to cure a hangover, some people prefer to prevent one. And one way is to be picky with your choice of drinks. For example, vodka, gin, and rum mixes are less likely to get you hammered than, let's say, a tequila or a whiskey mixer. Um, which is not helpful for me because I'm not big on gin, but I love tequila. Um, also closely tied with this is the classic advice of not mixing your drinks. So if you're going to have beer, stick with beer. If you're going to have wine, stick with wine. If you're the type who likes changing up your drink with every round, then you're... And if someone tells you that you can have beer before wine and still be fine, don't believe a word they're saying because the hangover is going to be the same regardless. Another solution is recovery drinks, some of which you take before going to sleep and others before you even take your first drink and go about the night's debauchery. Now, without getting too scientific about it, the ingredients in these drinks are meant to break down alcohol more quickly in your body. Whether they're effective, I wouldn't know. Okay, back to the scene. We are still at the cafe, and Sol tries to piece her memories together again, despite Doyeon being of little help. Turns out they're not just friends, they're also roommates, but they didn't go home together because Doyeon went to see her boyfriend. Okay, so um, as we watch Sol's memories, we get introduced to Taesong, played by Gu Jagon. In the previous episode, he was the one who recognized that Sol was going to drink herself under the table. But not much detail is given on him, other than the fact that he brought more alcohol to the party. I don't know, maybe he'll play a more significant role in later episodes. I think he's the most senior in the group, so maybe he's the club chairperson or something? Uh, we also don't get much extra detail on Yanu either, but I think we get the notion that he could be crushing on our dear soul. Now, in an attempt to lay out a timeline of the night, Toyon reveals that they actually have a video of Sol doing a version of the robot dance to showcase her bandaged wrist, which, of course, Sol's embarrassed about. I mean, who wouldn't if you had like a drunk video of yourself? dancing. Want to know what's more embarrassing? It's not one video, it's two videos. At least two that I know of. 
two videos of you dancing on top of a bar. Two. Hopefully there aren't more. The first was back in university with friends who were on exchange from different parts of the world. And it was also close to the end of the academic year, which means in like a few weeks time at that time, they were all flying back to their home countries. So we all decided to go dancing, only it ended up with most of the group on top of the bar. So at least that was a group effort. Thank God. The second um, was with a former colleague, but that night was just your typical TGIF night to mark the start of the weekend. So wasn't quite as special as the first. Nevertheless, both instances are not my proudest moments. So I totally feel for Seoul here. In the next cut, um, we get introduced to a new character who Seoul notices has a mole on their wrist and is wearing the same scent as her mystery kisser. Coincidentally, it is Haeyoung's girlfriend, Jinju, and we get flashes of Seoul's memories that Haeyoung came back and brought Jinju to the party. We also see that Jinju was in fact with Seoul during her drunken state, which makes Seoul juggle with the idea that maybe she kissed Jinju instead. Now, am I reading this right? Did this web drama just suggest that Jinju could be our kissing suspect number two? Let's talk about that for a moment. Now, I cannot claim to be an expert in Korean culture, but I have found that references or representation of the LGBT community in Korean film and television are rare. In the last decade, I found that fewer than 10 productions featured LGBT themes, two of which were met with heavy opposition and were eventually canceled. So because of the social stigma, few full-length K-dramas experiment with LGBT storylines, especially since they are aired on national television and face a wider viewer demographic. Uh, so while we don't actually see a kiss happen between Seoul and Jinju, the mere implication of it makes me happy. Meanwhile, some people may argue that it isn't an actual representation because the characters are very likely straight. On top of that, others would argue that proper representation would be better achieved if the actor portraying the character were also gender variant. But we have to remember, we got to take baby steps here. Uh, for a society with deep conservative roots such as that in Korea, um, this is a big step, especially since topics such as gender and sexual orientation are still not openly discussed on their media platforms. Put it this way, last year, to celebrate winning the um, weekly music charts, one K-pop girl group kissed one another on the cheeks, and they were criticized for that. Some comments claimed it was harassment, others said that it was gross, those were comments against kisses on cheeks. Now, imagine a full-blown makeout between two girls. I think people would lose their So if writing scenes like Seoul's and Jinju's hypothetical kiss is one attempt to slowly shift society's views on the matter, then let's welcome it. It could open avenues for more serious LGBT storylines. Now, as much as I was beginning to root for Jinju to be Seoul's mystery kisser, unfortunately, 
in the next scene when the three best friends celebrate Hyeyong's 21st birthday, Doyeon shoots down the idea really quickly, saying that Jinju and Hyeyong had left earlier than they did, which Hyeyong only confirms. Meh, well my excitement was short-lived. Which is a shame because Sol herself even admits that she would be totally fine with kissing Jinju. So as the girls get a confused Hyeyong up to speed with the night's events, Sol gets a text from Yonu asking if she's free, which ends the episode there. Can we talk about Hyeyong's birthday cake for one second? Or rather, like thereof. The girls built him this tower of latte chocolate pies to resemble cake tears, which is really cute. Not to mention a quick and affordable way to present a birthday cake. Uh, it's a nice alternative, particularly for people who are not big on cake. And if you don't know what those chocolate pies are, it's like a marshmallow biscuit sandwich that's covered in chocolate. It's really delicious. Now, I know someone who received a chocolate... No, not a chocolate. What did they receive? Uh, a chicken nugget cake once. Not because they didn't like cake, but because they really loved chicken nuggets. Now, can I just clarify? The nuggets were not baked into the cake, okay? It's just a lot of chicken nuggets stacked one on top of the other to resemble cake tears, just like what the girls did for Hyeyoung. Also, we finally get the exact brand of that cologne. It is Jo Malone's Blackberry and Bay, uh, which Seoul smelled on Hyeyoung, which is why she suspected Jinju. Now that makes sense since Hyeyoung and Jinju were dating. What doesn't make sense is why Seoul doesn't suspect Hyeyoung. I mean, he was at the party and he obviously wears the cologne. But now I also understand why she recognizes the scent. Uh, I imagine she and Hyeyoung spend a heck of a lot of time together. So it's a scent that she's constantly around all the time. Okay, so far, Yonu still remains as our prime suspect. But you tell me, drama bugs, do we want it to be Yonu? Or were you rooting for Jinju like I was? What if it's Hyeyoung? And with that, we will end today's podcast episode. Thank you for tuning in to Caught in the Web Drama. I'm your host, Valerie Wong. Hit that follow button and stick around until next week. <laughs>